What? Flanders. What? What is it? Game's out there. <laughs> Made you look. Mm, they're just words, Nettie. Words can't hurt you. Ow! That's it. Dad, that was really mean. I know, sweetie. And I got him right in the... Uh-oh. Hi, uh, <laughs> Flanders. Go wildcat. Do you have a problem with the way I'm coaching? No, 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 no. It's just that, well, like I was yelling earlier, it seems like anyone with half a brain could coach better than you. Uh-huh. Half a brain, huh? Well, you know what? It sounds like you just volunteered. Me? But you were doing such a great job. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we're here to review Bart Star. I am Dando. I am Mitch. How are you, man? I'm very well, thank you, Dando. I am fresh off. I actually went rock climbing, like indoor rock climbing yesterday after going to watch Free Solo twice and then watching Dawnwall. I was like, yeah, I am ready to climb some shit. And I went with Ash. Ash has half ripped a fingernail off of her pinky in her first rock climbing accident. I've taken some skin off my knee. A lot of fun was had, uh, but we very quickly realized how competitive we were when we were like, oh man, this sucks. Like we can only do the beginner runs as if spending all of four and a half hours watching two of the very best in the world would have in any way prepared us to be able to go and be physically strong enough to climb walls. I remember I went rock climbing indoors, the one in Geelong once, Mm -hmm. and it was not a good experience for two reasons. A, I was scared of heights. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. It's not even high. But I remember, I just it's because I was doing it wrong. So, you know how you, you sort of lift with your legs? <laughs> you were going feet first, looking down the whole way. <laughs> like Spider-Man, just upside yeah. down. So, I was, trying to, I was trying to pull myself up as opposed to put foot up and then lift. You know how you sort of oh, lift? Your, yeah. So, I'm yeah, trying, I'm trying to literally like do chin-ups. And I, that's why I was struggling so much. And I was just, I went into like a panic attack. I didn't know what to do. And then yeah. I slipped and I said, I didn't fall, but I sort of hang in there and it was enough. But then on the way yeah. out, see, this is this shows how long ago it was. I'd borrowed my parents' car and in the car park, reversed straight into a pole. So <laughs> it was just, it just sticks with me. Shit experience, had a panic attack and then crashed my mom and dad's car. <laughs> oh, that's bad. It is. So like, I, I sort of kept ramping my way up from the starting level difficulty and I just tried to keep finding a run that was graded one higher until I found my ceiling, so to speak. Uh, but it is a thing that when you're doing a run that you've never done before and you haven't rehearsed it, when you are hanging on by like the tiniest thread, like some of the footholds are very, very small. So you've got like one big toe that might be holding you up and just your fingertips on your left hand. And then suddenly you go, uh-oh, I'm about to fall <laughs> and I need to find the next hold in about 1.6 seconds or I'm gone. Um, yeah, like it, you find out a lot about how quickly your brain can process information. Yeah, I, I just remember looking down and going, ah, I'm, I'm done. I give up. I was just, um, I felt embarrassed because I went with a friend who I wouldn't say looked up to me, but always sort of saw me as like, you know, the footy player and whatnot. He was like the geeky guy and he had no issues with it. And I was scared. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, it's over. <laughs> Friendship's <laughs> over. I can never look at him again. But anyway, uh, Bart Starr, uh, this was an episode I was really looking forward to going back and reviewing. I found that, you know, well, I've said this time and time again. I try to avoid watching the episodes 
that are upcoming in the next season or two. Just so yeah, I go into it with a fresh mind and I'm not trying to compare it to something that I've recently watched. And mm-hmm. I, I've realized that I, th- I think season nine must have been when I was really in my peak watching Simpsons period because I think this might be one of my favorite seasons. Even though a lot of people criticize season nine and say it's the beginning of the downfall, I, it just has that nostalgic value to me where I really, I th- I'm having more, I'm looking forward to doing these ones almost as much as any other season. It's really strange. I, I, thought, I thought once we got here, this is where we're going to go, uh, here we go. Yeah, this one's okay. That one's okay. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to all the episodes that are coming up. So are you finding that, like you say that you're trying to watch these with a fresh fresh set of eyes, but are you finding that these are ones that you know inside out? Yes, because I, yeah, I, I specifically remember watching these when they were brand new episodes and I watched them and I, watched, I taped them and watched them and watched them again. But I also mm-hmm. still remember that this was the point when I would go to school and my friends weren't watching it so much anymore. Yeah, okay. But but for for me, I still absolutely love The Simpsons at this point. And yeah, I just I don't know. I feel like I I've watched these ones more than say the previous ones. I probably haven't. I'm not saying these episodes are better than the previous ones. I just feel like for me, I enjoy these ones a lot more than what a lot of other people do. Fair enough. I, that's probably the same way that I felt when we were doing season two. Mm-hmm. In that, for a lot of people, season two is too old, so they don't know it very well. But for me, that was sort of they were just what I happened to have on video more than anything else. So, they were the ones that I had watched front to back. They're on those white tapes you get at the video shop, yeah. Yeah. And so, I get that feeling that like these ones for me are more, they're jogging memories, but they're not like a deep-seated memory. Like I kind of, Mm. you know, there's a bunch that I remembered about this episode, but I don't necessarily remember a lot of individual jokes as we go along. Um, Although that said, I actually found that Bart Starr was probably low on actual jokes like you know like punchline writing that you can get in the simpsons that was more situational i suppose yeah it's and it does have some eye rolling moments in regards to homer we'll get to them in a moment but overall i think the story is pretty solid the the other thing too being it's a sport story and i always tend to really enjoy the sport related stories yeah i mean it's half a sports i mean it's obviously set around sports but all of their sports stories aren't about the sport really, are they? They're about either competition or family. In this case, it's about, you know, the relationship between Homer and Bart and sport. The gridiron or the peewee football takes a backseat to that in much much the same way that... I feel like Lisa on Ice is probably as close as it got to really having a hard blend between actually watching the progression of the sport and watching the progression of Bart and Lisa's relationship. Maybe Team um, Homer. Oh uh, yeah, no, that's that's a fair point. But Team Homer was the B plot, wasn't it? Like with the with the bowling was. Nah, that that we we had this discussion. That that's definitely the A plot. The B plots the kids wearing the uniforms at school. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. I'm thinking back to, uh, I've gone blank on the name of it, but um, the the mini the mini golf competition. Uh, Dead Putting Society. But- Dead Putting Society. Thank you. But the actual golf element of that comes in very late in the yeah. episode. So. So, well, probably Team Homer or Lisa on Ice would be the two that I would stay. Like the sports take as the actual playing of the sport takes as much of a front seat as anything else. Mm, yeah. Uh, I, I also do think that this episode here is a, it's a good example of an episode that oh, it shows how the show is for people of all ages. Because I found myself, the jokes that I used to laugh at a lot when I was a kid, didn't really care for them that much anymore. But jokes that mm-hmm. I didn't really understand when I was a child, I now laughed at those. So it just shows that this is that this really is the show that adults and children can both enjoy 
for multiple reasons. Yes. Like, for example, the uh, the CUP. When I was a kid, I thought that was hilarious. Now mm-hmm. I'm just like, uh, it's a, for me, I, the note I took, I won't go to it. It's just something along the lines of, it took a long time to get to a punchline that was kind of mediocre. A, a little bit. I, I did, I enjoyed the journey more than I enjoyed the punchline. Like, I liked him being deliberately uh, obtuse about understanding what Marge mm. wanted. Mostly because I really liked Julie's delivery and all the different ways that she was trying to shyly say it. Like, particularly, um, what was the... Protection for his personal area yeah. was a, a really great delivery. Even the delivery of the, I want a cup. <laughs> <laughs> and the other moment was the Homer, whilst I still laughed at him saying Flanders, when he actually throws the can. That's actually just... It's just cruel. It's, 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 to me, it's not yeah. even funny. It's just a dick move. <laughs> I thought it was funny for how over the top it was because it's just so, so ridiculous. Even the fact that Homer's drinking a duff on a Saturday morning watching that kids is true. sport. Yeah, that is true. Uh, and, but what I was getting at before too when the, um, the eye-rolling moments, it's just little things like that where Homer is starting to just be a jerk for the sake of being a jerk. But mm. still, this episode, they're still at this point in time in the show riding that fine line where... He still makes up for it. Like, he, he still yeah. has the element of being a good father. Like, he's a jerk, but not too much of a jerk where he doesn't sort of, um not reconcile, but sort of make up for everything that he's done. Yeah, and in a lot of the ways, he's a he's our kind of jerk here. Like, most of the real dick side of Homer is directed at the other kids, and it's never really directed at any one of them in particular. So, it's kind of spread out. It's like the impact... Like, the surface impact area is very wide, so you don't feel it quite as strongly. <laughs> what was your favourite moment from the episode? Uh, it it has to be Homer listing his cuts. Yeah? Okay. Just as, as someone that's captain a cricket team for the last three years, the irony in that joke is brilliant. Like, there's nothing harder than leaving someone out of a team. And we've got our finals coming up, and I'm going to have some really hard decisions to make over the next week and a half. I but I would love to be able to just roll in with that much confidence and go, all right, here's my favorite part of the season. <laughs> I, I love like that just, when, the, later in the episode when Bart goes to see Homer pretending to be hurt, it just cuts in with Bart, Homer going, oh, you're so cut. Like, like under his breath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my favorite moment though was Bart going, it's got to be a trick, run like the wind. <laughs> I don't know, for some reason that joke always just, I never... I've never heard him say that. I must, must not have been paying attention as a child. Oh, but okay. yeah, I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, uh, yeah, that's fair. It would freak you out if suddenly your dad wanted to get all handsy and emotional yeah. and he'd never done it before. Yeah. There's also the element here in this story that I never really sort of saw until I did it for this review, watched it for this review, was the controlling sport father. So, like, I think Homer says something along the lines of how can I live vicariously through him unless I'm being harsh or something like that. I don't know. It's... It's something about, you know, the parent who was never really good at sport themselves, so they push their kid to the point where the kid doesn't want to play it anymore because they want to live vicariously through them. Yeah. I was lucky. My dad wrote a pretty fine line. Like, he he wanted the best for me, and I think there was a time where he thought I was maybe not going to be a superstar. I, 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 th- I don't think he ever genuinely thought that I was, like, you know, going to play cricket for Australia. But he did know that as a kid, I dreamt of it so badly that I think it became... It's not like it became his dream, but he just wanted me to do well because he knew how much it meant to me. Um, but that never really manifested in any negative way. It, it, like he was very positive about it. He'd get involved around the team. He'd you know 
score on a weekend or whatever it might be. So, so when, you really play, when you're playing for Belmont in Geelong, do you just sit there and pretend that you're on the MCG? Uh, no. No, I've, um, I'm very realistic about where I'm at. <laughs> I still dream. <laughs> <laughs> like when you walk Not- out, do you hear the crowd in your head? No, when I walk out, I hear, why can't we be friends in my head? (laughs) Hey, you'll be happy to know, actually, this weekend, I returned to the scene of my favours. Oh, really? And proceeded to peel off 51 as part of a uh, crucial 140-run partnership for the fifth wicket. At, at the um at the beginning of the innings though we were sort of sitting there going don't do it again don't do it again don't do it again oh you have no idea I was get I hadn't been to that oval since that happened it was the first time in a couple of years so I, I had cold sweats so I was walking out to bat <laughs> it's like you hear that bugle playing hmm. it's like yeah. that move from the War of Lisa Simpson like it's, it's do or die now I have to face my face my fears I have to face my fears next question you there eating the paste trivia what do you got for me this week Mitch. Uh, I've got, well, the first one, no matter how well you think you know this episode, I seriously doubt you're going to get. What street number was the healthcare expo held at? 712. <laughs> 5768. It was a, like, fraction of a second shot of the number on the oh, gutter. Jesus. Uh, who was or that? the curb the, for yeah, our curb, American yeah. friends. The old curb stomp. I say curb stomp. What do you think cool. of immediately? American History X. Oh, terrible. Uh, amazing um, scene. Who was at the Are You Crazy stall at that expo? Ooh. There was one person laying down and two people just chilling there waiting for their turn. God. Um, I really don't know. Uh, if I was to try to take a guess, are they Mrs. Glick? No, it was Sideshow Mel. He was laying down. And okay. then we had Kirk Van Houten and Troy McClure makes an appearance. Oh, okay. Hmm. Sideshow Mel and Kirk, I could definitely understand. Troy... Feels maybe, a, uh, he'd be neurotic. He's an actor. He's maybe needs to be hypnotized away from the fishes. Mm, possibly. Hmm. Uh, what is the name of the sports store? Oh, that's my second question. Sporticus. Ah, Sporticus. <laughs> yeah. It would have been nice if the store was called Sporticus and then they zoomed out and there was another store next to it that also was called, like, I'm Sporticus. And then, <laughs> no, I'm Sporticus. Just is, one more down. What about, um? oh, no, that's it. Is, this is Sparta. That wouldn't really fit in there, could you? Could you have a sign saying "This is Sparta"? Uh, you yeah, that's pushing it. Yeah. Could you'd have to have an icon. You'd have to have like yeah the uh, the loincloth or something that Jerry Butler was wearing. Yeah. What's okay. So question? third question: What four objects does Bart throw at Homer in the oh, backyard? I'm gonna assume is the lawnmower something like a lawnmower of some N- kind. No. No. A bucket. No. Trash can. No, that's, uh, that's I'm three just guesses. Have to I failed. Give you... yeah. So he throws him throws two chairs, one blue, one white. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one was blue, but in any case, it's two plastic chairs, a tiki torch, and a bike or tricycle of some a kind. Bike. Okay, fair enough. And finally, for me, I haven't written this down, but I remember it. What was when the when the Springfield Wildcats first get belted when when Bart's the uh, the quarterback? What's yep. the score at the end of the game? Is it sixty? A little bit less. A little bit less, 56 to nothing? 59. I think it's 59. I'm pretty sure. We'll, we'll, we'll find out later in the episode when you go through your Frinkiac, but I'm pretty sure it's 59 to zero. Uh, I haven't which, got Frinkiac up this week, oh, but okay. I'll, I'll jump to it. Which is an um, absolute shellacking. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, interestingly, not a number divisible by seven. Can you not get two 
Uh, no, you can't get it. Yeah, well, you could get a, you could get like field goals. Can you but get it three? Would... Well, yeah, they could have gone fifty-six and then a three-point field yeah. goal, I suppose. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it is a, it is logistically a correct score. From this day forward, your names will be. Now, what have we got for new names this week? Hit me. Well, uh, do you want mine first, or do we want the patrons first? Always start with Mitch's. Okay. Uh, mine was my cup nameth over, mm-hmm. which was lazy to be honest and half-assed. But Joe Namath walked on the screen, and I went, "I've got to get him in." Yeah. If we go to our patrons, uh, there's a couple good ones actually this week. So, Kynan Mugford with the Bart side, not uh, bad. J- Jamie Gemmel simply vapor locked. Jordan Molman Richme has got a bit of a call and response. Hi, my nameth. What? My nameth. <laughs> Who? My nameth. Slim Shady. That's not bad. Yeah, I enjoy that. Doesn't even uh, need the like, Slim Shady part. It just says, hi, my name is. That's all it needs. Yeah, that could have worked as well. Uh, Alistair Danik with Daft Day, mm-hmm. which is a play on Draft Day, the Kevin Costner yep. movie that very few people saw a couple years ago. I think you've mentioned it in the podcast not too long ago, actually. Did I? Might have been around Super Bowl time because we're talking about football. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, Mark Boston Burgess, Any Given Sunday. Sun mm-hmm. spelled S-O-N. I'm a big fan of uh, that. That's a good play on words. Luke McKay, any given Saturday morning. Also, <laughs> Luke McKay, elementary, blu- el- elementary blues. Elementary blues. blues. Now, can you hear the ice cream man in the background? I can. Are you just going to disappear in a puff of smoke? Come was- running back in with some <laughs> ice cream sandwiches. Why is the ice cream man driving around my street on a cool evening at 7.55 at night, waking up babies... Who the fuck is going to run out the front door right now and ask for an ice cream? That's true. But if he came around at two, no one would be home. Come around at five. Well, the ice cream man can't be everywhere at five. That is true. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Charlie Wardale, uh, who's not a name that I remember seeing, actually. So, let's give you a run. Homer the Landry. I liked that he was wearing his Landry hat. Yeah, same. That was a nice touch. Yeah. Was that all for new names this week? Yep. God, it's a bit dry. Well, I mean, there are others, but they're largely the same... They're largely the same sort of play on words that everyone yeah, okay. else has made. Yeah, cool. Love them all, but, you know, what happens is you ask for the comment and they all tend to flood in right on top of each other. So, you get a bunch of people that have made the same joke. For example, Kieran Love, The Longest Bart. I think there were two or three people that made... or Well, so you got Kieran Love, The Longest Bart, Kristen Nell, The Largest Yard. Now, at the fear of sounding very uneducated, Bart Star, what is that a play on? Uh, Brian Bartlett star. Is it so the the player, yeah? Yeah. Uh, yeah okay. who has been mentioned before from memory. Uh I'm now I'm ninety nine percent sure he was a Green Bay Packers player in the sixties. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's double R too, right? Because I'm pretty sure yeah. I've loaded a Funko Pot vinyl at work of Bart Star. <laughs> yeah. He was a quarterback for the Green Bay Packers from nineteen fifty six through to sixty one. Okay. He's the only quarterback in NFL history to lead a team to three consecutive league championships. Suck on that, Tom Brady. He's like the Luke Hodge of uh, NFL. It's funny you should say that because there's a photo of him here wearing number 15. Really? Mm. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Obviously, Luke Hodge wears number 15 for international listeners who don't know yeah. who Luke Hodge is. Hawthorne yeah. footballer. Uh, so, he's a two, two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl MVP. Well, well that's another... Like, so, that's like Norm, Luke Hodge winning the Norm Smith twice. Four times Pro Bowl, five times NFL champion, NFL MVP in 1966, uh, five times passer rating leader. So, he's one hell of a quarterback. To be fair, yeah, Tom Brady's like career it. probably eclipses his. Uh, I was being glib before. Please, Patriots fans, don't ride in the streets. 
<laughs> Andrew Johnson's just ropeable. <laughs> now, what did you think of the King of the Hill cameo? Well, out of context, for someone that's never watched King of the Hill, I saw the characters, I recognised the characters, I didn't know if that was supposed to be a funny joke or not. Well, King of the Hill had just started airing, so beginning of 97, this is the end of 97. Mm. I, I guess I was trying to help out, because I know King of the Hill was, at this point was airing straight after The Simpsons, so I guess it was just yeah. a bit of you know cross-promotion. I, I, I guess it's just funny in the delivery. Like The whole... See, I've never been a huge viewer of King of the Hill. It used to be on. I'd watch it when it was on occasionally. Like, if, if there was 20 minutes to kill, I'd be like, ah, King of the Hill, whatever. You know what I mean? And I feel like the whole show was, the humor was that it was just dull and plain. And that was the joke. Okay. There, there was no huge punchlines. It was just m- mediocre, everyday, middle-class life. And that's just what the joke was. So, I think just, we drove 2,000 miles for this. just a way he delivered it. It's just meant to be the joke. Yeah, it's never been a standout show for me, but it's it's got it's got its moments from what I've seen. It went for fourteen years or something. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, look, I know it was popular. People uh, write in and ask about it um, quite often in the mailbag. But those like it's it's just one of those things that I never watched. And why do you think that is? Like, why do you think it never quite hit those heights? Is it just the style of the show? Do you think? I feel like in Australia. I, I could be wrong. This is ba- uh, obviously I've never seen it, so this is based purely on what I have seen in trailers. But I feel like it's maybe a little bit too specific to that demographic, and it's a sort of it, it comes across as as a little bit redneck, which we don't really have an equivalent or much exposure to in Australia. Like in Australia, we have bogans, but that's really not the same. So no, it's not. So I think it's that that I just I I looked at trailers and I went I don't really identify with that. Now again I could be completely wrong. It's just the way it came across to me when I was a teenager and it was starting to come out. No, I, I thought the exact same way. And you're right. It's a good point that it's sort of a show. I guess it's made for American viewers. If you've never lived or experienced that kind of lifestyle, then a lot of the humor would just be lost on you, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. I never really thought about it, but yeah, King of the Hill. It's a, like I said, not a bad show. It's just a show I've never really bothered to pay any attention to. It's just it's not on very often at all. It's not even on Foxtel very often anymore. And that wraps up this week's episode <laughs> reviewing King of the Hill. <laughs> Alrighty, so Bart Starr, the original air date was November 9th, 1997. Chalkboard gag, I did not invent Irish dancing. Uh, and it had a shortened intro, but it still had a catch gag. And as everyone sits on the couch and gets crushed into a cube and you have 20 minutes to remove it. Yeah. Episode kicks off with the free health fair for the cheapskates. Sort of a panning shot. We see all the different stalls. Uh, and then Hibbert is concerned of Homer's gravy levels. This is a, this is the kind of humor that I watched it and just sort of robbed my eyes. This is one of those moments where I was like, eh, it's just too stupid. You tell us to drink mm. eight glasses of gravy a day. And I'm like, eh, whatever. It did, though, give me a reason to start singing in Paul Kelly's voice in my head because I can't actually sing in Paul Kelly's voice. Who's going to drink the gravy? Do you listen to that every Christmas? I think it's mandatory in Australia that you do. The next moment could have very easily been my favourite. Very, very close. The old guys listening to the hearing test. Yeah. The look that Grandpa gives Jasper when he puts his hand up is priceless. When he corrects him. That's amazing. <laughs> it's the look of, yeah, no, no. Oh, oops. Okay. Hand down. <laughs> but the thing is, right, I was watching that in my headphones it really hurts your ears. I do not recommend watching that oh. part of the episode with headphones on. It, with headphones on. Should we play it now? Really loud. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not. 
That was a good test, though. I'd like yeah. to think that a bunch of people just ripped their headphones off in anticipation. <laughs> I bet you they did. <laughs> it's like um, in Die Hard with a Vengeance when they think there's a bomb in the trash can and they just dive into the street. <laughs> that's that's the kind of thing that Andy Kaufman would do. Just pulling pranks on the listeners. Yeah. Um, and then later on, when they least expect it, it'll be like mid-word. <laughs> just fucking blast it. <laughs> Your final words is just going to be a giant beep. Yeah. <laughs> Now, make no mistake, when I say first aid, I'm not talking about some sort of charity rock concert. (laughs) I'm talking about treating serious injuries. (laughs) (laughs) Serious injuries. Oh, that's gold. Mom, Mom, I stepped in a bear trap. Sounds like you need some... First aid. Oh, bravo. All right. Well, that joke about how it's not a first aid concert was a timely one for me because I just watched Bohemian Rhapsody yesterday. Yes. Obviously culminates in the live aid performance versus first aid. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Have you seen it to digress for a second? Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah. I'll just say this. I'm not spoiling anything. Well, it's a true story, so it's difficult to. Well, it's not. Entertaining movie, entertaining story, completely fabricated. Uh, yeah. Look, I don't even give a shit about the fabrications. It's not like no, I was ne- taking ne- it. neither do I. But the only thing that does annoy me is that it happened when we were waiting for the wedding. Was that someone was going? Someone, one of the guys there, Tim goes. So I, I didn't even realize that Freddie Mercury was such a dick and split the band up. And I was like, no, no, no. That, that's the problem with this movie is that people who don't go and research will think this is the truth. Queen True. never split up ever. I I'd like the people walking out going. I didn't realise that nobody donated to Live Aid at all until Queen until, started playing. I know. What the, <laughs> that was on. the bit that I was like, fuck off. Yeah, I know, right? And and I, I, like, the, like I, Bob Geldof standing there saying, oh, they've made no money. I'm like, as if they made no fucking money up yeah. to that point. Now, Come on. You all, like, it's not like it's a bad movie by any stretch. It's a solid three out of five star. It's it's an ambitiously three out of five star movie. Like it's set so hard to be in the middle of the road, but everyone that's walked out of that movie and all the people over the last few months that have said, Oh, it's the best movie I've ever seen. You all need to take a good hard look at yourselves because you fucked up the Oscars by getting it nominated. It did not in any way deserve it. I like how they all applauded Lisa for her performance with the bear trap. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It then moves on to do anything. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, uh, yeah, no, it was bad acting. By Lisa as well. Um, well, not bad acting. No, it was bad acting. Yes, it was just bad. But she's a kid. So, you know, well done for trying. Um, they then move on to Rainier Wolfcastle with Fit or Fat, which was an idea that one... I can't remember who it was, but one of the writers apparently saw Arnold Schwarzenegger running some camp that was a very similar similar thing. It was like a hiking camp. And he was just openly mocking George the Meyer. kids. It was a George Meyer that was there with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was his own children. Oh, is it his own kids? Yeah, okay. Uh, Schwarzenegger was taunting his own kids, yeah. The legitimate ones or the illegitimate? It just says Maybe the, Ill- <laughs> the illegitimate one probably wasn't on the scene by then. No, maybe not. Um, I do... My favourite bit of that whole little sequence was Milhouse sucking in to avoid the... Uh, well, like getting the skinfold test and the... V can wait. Come to Papa. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's me when I was trying on the wedding suits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then we get, yeah, so Uda, it calls Uda fat, blah, blah, blah. Bart's pants rip, and then he slaps the fat sticker on his rear end to cover the gap. And see, whilst that's uh, putting Bart down, it was also polite of Rainier because Bart's got a split in his pants, and now he doesn't. 
Now he's covered it up. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We're going to cut to the new uh, news report from Brockman saying that all the kids in Springfield are overweight. Lisa makes fun of Bart here, which I th- sort of thought was odd. Yeah, I guess it is a little out of character. Results from yesterday's health fair are in, and the news is not good. Springfield is in terrible shape, particularly our young boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tubby. Want another Pop-Tart, Tubby? I'm comfortable with who I am. You're a disgrace to this family. In this reporter's opinion, it's time for our lard-laden lads to shape up. Get out and try fun activities like military service, frenetic dancing, or good old-fashioned peewee football. Here you go, Bart. Peewee football will melt away those unsightly pounds and inches. Yeah, but I could get seriously hurt. Then it's settled. We don't have to play football, do we, Daddy? <laughs> you betcha. Team sports will keep you away from temptations like rock music and girls. Yay! You know, Millhouse, you are getting a little doughy. Aww, can't I just have the surgery? We're at the store. And they use the wise guy voice here, but it's not the wise guy. It's always jarring now because the wise guy's appeared in the show so many times that hearing his voice on somebody else, it's like, oh, what? It's not the guy with the mustache? Yeah, true. But I guess it is just the go-to voice when you need someone to be snippy and sarcastic. Just a clerk, yeah. Marge wants to buy the cup. I'll just play that clip. He's going to need a, you know, protection. Sure, one helmet coming up. I was thinking more like protection for... Down there. Oh, why didn't you say so? Knee pads, you got it. <laughs> I'm talking about his personality. Aha, see no more. I read you loud and clear. The old shoulder pads. Look, I want a cup. Cup? Could you spell that? C-U-P. I want to see you. Oh, my God. Like I said, for me, just sort of, maybe it's because I knew how it ended because I've watched it so many times, but it just felt like it went on a little bit long. But like you were saying before, the the journey to that point is quite funny. Yeah, the acting is really well done. Like They, mm. they play the hell out of it. Then Bart trying the stuff on. I The other bit, it's good for good line delivery again from Julie. Just, Melhouse, stop that. Yeah. Because you just imagine the fact that that plays out off camera, I like, that she just would have looked over and like, what the hell? He's just kicking my kid <laughs> in the nuts. I do love how... Forceful he's being though. He's really given it. Mm. He wants to injure Bart. <laughs> and, you know, barely six years later, Jackass was out. Actually, probably not even that. How was Jackass ever a thing? Because... Uh, um, MTV Generation? Not even, because MTV Generation was uh, like 80s, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, no- uh, uh, ni- 90s. I guess it was 90s. Beavis and Butthead and all that. Yeah. I don't know. I it lowest common denominator, basically. That's how it became a thing. You watched it. I watched it. We all watched it. No, I didn't watch it. Yes, you did. I didn't. You used to ask your friends to push you down the street in a trolley and you'd film yourself and put it on YouTube. Who are you talking to? (laughs) Ask my friends to film me reading Ernest Hemingway in a room on my own. Whilst they punched you in the balls. So So I could go back to it after I'd read it once and listen to myself reading it a second time. You want to know why Jackass was a bad show? Google, where are they now? Prison? They're, no, they're all dead. They're all dying yeah. and broken and just, yeah, not in a good way. Um, like all, all drug addicts because they're trying to just shield the pain. It's just, it's terrible. Jesus. Yeah, it's not good, man. Google it when sounds, we finish the podcast. Yeah, deep. Yeah, it's not good. It's like they've come back from Nam. So, we're at, they're at practice. 
and the kids can't throw. Another thing that's off camera, just the sound effect of Ralph going, eh, and a basketball coming down. Uh, Ralph, that's a yeah. basketball. I thought oh, it was great. You know what I really loved here? Flanders as a coach was amazing. He was a He's, really good coach. I, that's that's yeah. one element of this episode that I forgot. For some reason, I thought he was bad, which is why Homer replaced him. No, he was a great coach, and Homer shouldn't have replaced him. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, he, he was just so perfect for the kids at that age, and... He seemed like, you know, he's genuinely interested in sort of teaching the basics of football. Like, it's it's just all you need at the age of 10. Yeah. He reminded me of my, like, under-11s coach who, we've all, it's like a teacher. You always have that one coach that inspired you and made mm. you believe, made you discover what your best uh, skills were for the sport and focus on that and made you the best player you could be. Yeah. Yeah. And that's who Flanders was. You know, even like, even Ralph, I'm special, you know. Just he made him. He might not have been a great player, but he he was a, a cog in the team, and he made him feel important. Yeah, Lisa. This is this was actually great. Oh, so we get Nelson. So we realize he's the quarterback because he's mm-hmm. a great player. Yeah. But I also love Lisa here trying to be you know the feminist and all whatnot, and just, just get shut for a down. Cause. Yeah. 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 And then once she once there's another girl's like oh well, well I don't want to do it anymore and oh then she tries to get another cause about the pigskin. Oh no, it's all synthetic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then we actually donate money to. Uh, is, what is it that uh, they donate to? Amnesty International or something? Uh, I think it was Amnesty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can find it. Yeah, no, it is. A dollar goes to Amnesty International. Yep. Yeah, Amnesty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. It, it's just she cries and runs off because she thought she was going to go there and be, you know, not the rebellious one, but just the uh, trying to prove a point, you know. Well, she, yeah. Not even causing trouble. Just She just, like you said, has a cause and she wants to be the, the face of the cause and all of a sudden yeah. it's like, oh. Okay, well, like, that's who Lisa is. She has to be the face of something, and not a complainer, but she's got to be. What? What? How would you describe it? She's got to be someone that's proving, make, not even making others feel bad. It's like she gets joy out of it. It's just. It's not so much about making others feel bad. It's that you know, trying to be the trailblazer that's fighting for the good fight, and then when she realizes that it's yeah. already been fought, she's lost all sense of purpose. Who are we? The Wildcats. Who are we gonna beat? The Wildcats. That. Reminded me a lot of how local sports teams, particularly in Geelong, pretty much all have the same theme song. It's um, out we come, out we come, out we come to play just for recreation, take to pass the time away, so on and so forth. Join in the chorus. Um, we we, that- we had the, um at North Shore, we had the Carlton theme song, but we're the blue and gold, not navy blue. Ah, okay. Gotcha. But there's, I just like that there's maybe three or four AFL team songs that have been co-opted to local sports. Oh, yeah, so of course. It's like, Richmond, we've got to sing... We sing our song. And it's the same as like 90 other teams that are singing on that day. <laughs> I remember for North Shore, we used to say, we are the 1995 premiers, right? We are the good old blue and gold. And when it got to year 2000, we go, we're the year 2007 premiers. Like it just, you had to like keep adding all these extra syllables in. It, was, uh-huh. it just got stupid. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so it's the first game and Wildcats versus Wildcats. Is that also a play on the fact that um, a lot of the teams in America are called Wildcats, I'm assuming? Or have the same sort of um, branding, not suppose, not just theme yeah. song, but the the animal of the teams. Yeah, yeah. I um, Homer's just immediately obnoxious, though. Uh, There's a good line here, though. It's easy to criticize. Mm, fun too. <laughs> so <Yeah>. true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got here on my notes. Flanders is a really good coach. Um, he's just he knows how to bring out the best in all the kids. Nelson is just too good at what he does. I felt sorry watching this. I'm just like, ah. Oh, I wish they tapped into this more because clearly Nelson is a good athlete or is at least good at football. Mm. 
They should have kept um, him doing this. It would have I've given him a purpose. Up, sorry, I've just looked up the the list of college team nicknames in the United States. There are twenty seven Wildcats. However, okay, so that's where the that is yeah. not so well and truly out in front are Eagles with seventy six. Yeah, see, Eagles, Eagles is a very common one, but mm. Wildcats to me sounds. I've never heard Wildcats before I watched this episode. So I guess maybe because it's not. A, Have you never a, seen Speed? The movie. Yeah. Wildcats yes, is what tips oh, off Keanu right, Reeves yeah, to the yeah, fact yeah. that Dennis but, Hopper can but, see it. You tell that little wildcat behind the steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Got your little speed reference in. Speed um, and wildcats reference. Uh, so he steals the lunch money from the kid. I'll just play that clip. Got it! Give me the ball and your lunch money. I love this game. Like I said, Marge is impressed with uh, with Nelson's dancing. I really wish yeah. they had have kept him doing it because he's really, really good at football. This, that's the only thing about these sporting episodes is the kids are good at sport. They end up winning the championship in this one and then you just never see them playing sport again. Yeah, well, you go out on top. Yeah, that's true. Like Seinfeld. Homer yells at Flanders again. Is it the game's out there or something? What? You're just, you're just being a dick, basically. It's, it's, yeah. it's funny and it's not. It's funny in the delivery because Dan's just so good at what he does. But when you really look at what Homer's doing, it's just he's just a horrible human being in this moment. Yep. Nelson then uses Bart as a shield. For me, this reminded me of when Crash Bandicoot gets the Boogada Aku Aku mask <laughs> and just just plows through things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Super Mario Brothers when you get a oh, sorry Super Mario Kart getting a star. It's just yes, Nelson's that's true. Yeah, yeah. Here. Just, just I like the bit people. that I like that halfway down he checks if Bart's okay. Did he? I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You good. okay, yeah. Bart? Bart says, yeah, and then he just keeps running, smashes the last guy that wasn't tackling him anyway, Sideways. And, then, and then spikes Bart like he's a football. <laughs> I didn't even see that either, actually. I, I was laughing too much at him just turning sideways to hit the extra kid who wasn't doing yeah. anything. <laughs> uh, they carry Flanders out. I've been carried out of moves like that hundreds of times. Yeah. <laughs> Homer then calls the sports station. Yeah, I loved... I, I, I like that. Like, he kind of... You're thinking he might be on the phone to Mo or something like that. Yeah. And then, yeah, no, he's on the phone to Roy, Fire, sorry, Roy Firestone. Uh, I like how just, if I could just break in for a moment, do you have a question for Sandy Koufax? <laughs> <laughs> then calls back. Now, I've got here. I want to get my, my, my nerd on here, right? So, Roy clearly has a producer because he's the guy that pulls the plug, right? On the second phone call, okay? Mm-hmm. He would be the guy... Just from my experience in radio, he would be the guy screening the phone calls. So when Homer called back, he wouldn't have gone straight through to Roy. Uh, what if it's like really small talkback radio? Nah, no radio station can go straight through. Unless it's community, you ain't going straight through. Yeah, I suppose Sandy Koufax probably isn't on community. No, <laughs> but that's just me getting my nerd on. <laughs> um, Springfield then dealt another team. And we get the Flanders. It was good to see Flanders fire back, cause he deserved to. If he just let Homer push him around, it would it just it would have made Homer look even worse. The fact that Flanders at least retaliated, at least Homer got his comeuppance for being a dick at this point. Yeah, that's true, and it's nice to see the bully completely shrivel up when mm, confronted exactly. by someone that outwardly is the meeker individual. It's like when people hang shit on you behind a keyboard. Hmm? Who's it's who's like- hanging shit on me? What, you haven't seen all the shit they've been writing about you? No. Where? Have you been in the group today? No, I, I, I don't pay attention to their lives. 
<laughs> I'm just shooting you anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's disappointing for the kids though in this moment because Flanders, like you said, was the best coach they could have possibly have had. Now they're fucked with Homer. And even Homer's, but you're doing such a good job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we come back. Lisa falls down the obstacle course. Homer is unimpressed, wearing his new whistle. Or it's Marge's. Was Marge's like rape whistle? Self defense whistle. whistle. Yeah, and he's Tom. I'm and guessing Hatt. because they probably because they couldn't get away with saying rape whistle. Yeah, but avoids. Is what I've got here. But avoids the course. Just sliding yeah. down the side. <laughs> That's a really cool character beat for Bart. Yep. Perfectly sums up his attitude to life. Yeah, yeah, just finds the shortcut. Yeah. Homer is then harsh on him and makes him run laps at the backyard. Marge is not impressed with this at all, but this is what he says. It's the, what, can you tell me a better way to live through my son? Like, like <laughs> yeah. it's just, he has to be harsh to him. Well, it's also Homer just being the embodiment of the worst type of sports parent. Yeah. And also, instead of a sports parent, it's parents who put their kids in competition. You got, That's like, true. You know, like the yeah. um the prom not the prom queen the um beauty queen contest and things like that. You know, yeah, even just ones that enroll them to everything. Like, yes. you know, you're going to be a sports star and you're going to be an artist and you're going to play piano, but you have to do all of your homework and like it's just, you know, let them be kids at some point as well. Like we have we have a friends right close friends who had their child in the same month as Elliot, and when they were. So Four months old. When they were four months old, they had already been entering their baby into contests like like cute baby competitions. Oh uh, no! Posting, posting photos on Facebook. Oh, she won second prize this week and first prize for this one. And I'm like, it's a baby. Yeah. No. Like, she's how not, is that the thing that you're worried about at that age? What What upset me was that the, keep the, it the, fed the, and let it sleep. The <laughs> caption The caption said, "Look how proud our little child is of the of the ribbon she's got." No, she, she doesn't she's just, know what she, it is. She's just holding something. That's all it is. Her eyes don't know. even work then. She doesn't know that it is a ribbon. No, I was just like, I said to Nicola, I said, this is not good. Nicola's like, yeah, I know. It's not good. But I was like, we are not putting Ali into competitions. <laughs> no. I Like, I would quit the podcast if you did on the spot in protest. I'd just be like, you know what? I can't be I can't be associated with you anymore. No, no. <laughs> be not, done. Not good You'd at be, all. You would be excommunicated. <laughs> Ash, you need to delete him as well. But I don't know. Delete him! Where we have to so Bart's running laps. And then Marge reminds Homer of what his dad used to be like. Well, that's the end of the girls' floor exercise. Now let's bring on the man. Wish me luck, Dad. Just don't screw up like you always do. What's his name again? You're going to blow it! That's what I get for having faith in you. Best part about this, let's bring on the men. Hell, I really like 70s Smithers. I loved the the outfit and the hair. It was awesome. Um, Very Greg Brady-esque, wasn't it? Uh, Yes, actually. Now that you say that, it is. So Homer was good at gymnastics. I wasn't quite sure if I liked the it's sort of like changing canon where Marge is in the crowd saying, "What is his name again?" Yeah, that doesn't work if you go back to the "The Way We Was" episode because they met in the room. 
if this was set before the way we was though, there is a chance that she has just forgotten about him because he fell over and that would have been the end of it. And now in the way we was, was her hair down or always up? Pretty sure it was down. It was down. Okay. Um, young, young Marge though, she looks much better with her hair down, don't you reckon? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Foxy. Um, and then uh, Lenny with his bull shirt shirt and everything. Just, <laughs> you know. Then like, so obviously he crashes. And the only reason he, he, he sort of stacks it is because Grandpa yells at him and he's just t- so yeah. much pressure. And that's what I get for having faith in you. Horrible, horrible human being in this moment is Grandpa. Terrible. Um, and then that memory is strong enough for Homer to have a complete about face and go so far in the opposite direction that it's even more detrimental than when he was being mean. And tries to get that hug. Quit running, son. I just want to give you a big hug. It's got to be a trick. Run like the wind. I believe in you. Hug me. No. Will you hug me? Hug me. Homer then starts cutting players. Okay, it's time for the easiest part of any coach's job. The cuts. Now, while I wasn't able to cut everyone I wanted to, I have cut a lot of you. Wendell is cut. Rudy is cut. Janie, you're gone. Steven, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. Congratulations. The rest of you made the team. (sighs) Except you, you, and you. Bart didn't get cut. What a surprise. I like the little touch of having the players, some of the kids sort of look nervous. Like, oh, is it going to be me? Yeah. Did did you hear that he cut Rudy? Oh, oh, yeah. Rudy is cut. Yeah. You can't cut Rudy, you heartless monster. I didn't actually hear that the first time. I only just spotted that on Frankiac then as I was going through. Yeah. I was like, oh, you don't actually see his face or anything. He's like, Rudy is cut. I'm like, ah. Nice little reference there. I like that. Appreciate it. That is a great <laughs> reference. I feel like Rudy is probably not a movie that would have been seen by many Australians, but it should have been seen by just about every American. Yeah, we mentioned it like two or three weeks ago. Cannot remember why, but um, it's, yeah, definitely worth watching. It's a beautiful movie. Yeah. Now, you've all made the team, except you, you and you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the kids then point out, you know, well, Bart's not cut. What a surprise. And then he gets made the new quarterback. And th- this is the thing about Bart here is, Throughout the episode, he gets treated like shit by his teammates. It's not his fault. No, that's true. He, it's and not like he's taken that position and gone, no, nah, no, nah, no, nah, I'm the quarterback. He has pleaded to not be the quarterback, but his dad forces yeah. him, yet the kids take it out on him. Yeah, but you'd do the same if you were a kid as well, because they don't understand the politics at play. They no. just know coaches' kids getting preference. Even if the kid's pretending to be hurt so he can't play? Yeah, even then. Or kids are very selfish, Dando. They don't have enough, like they don't have the ability. A lot of them don't have the ability to be able to see from anyone else's perspective. They just know that they're not getting the minutes. That's true. I used to hate it when the kids at school would get Maccas for lunch, and all of a sudden mm. he's no longer my friend because how dare he have McDonald's? Even though it's because my family were poor, that's why I'm not having McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, you had welfare <laughs> and, uh, burgers. family, and I yeah, I had welfare burgers. I was going to say that. Um. So yeah, Bart doesn't even want to be quarterback. Uh, this is this is the great. This is great. So the end this scene. Oh Rod, you don't have to. You're cut. Yeah. <laughs> Bart then pleads to not be quarterback on the way back. Um, you know, Homer says, you know, I've, I've realised that I need to start treating you better. Since when? Since your mother yelled at me. I was like, I, yeah. these are the kind of jokes that I didn't appreciate when I was a kid, but I thought were great now. Um, did you try to give Bart a hug? S- Sorry, did you before the hugs? Did you see the real satisfied grin on Lisa's face as she's reading greatest sports injuries? 
No, I didn't like, notice that actually. She's got a look on her face like she's just, it, maybe it's Bart, maybe it's someone else, but she is imagining these people getting hurt and really enjoying it. It's like she's got that, well, it serves you right for, for getting so hooked on a stupid endeavor. Have there ever been books like that? Just terrible sporting injuries? Oh, I'm sure like it would have been, been back in the 90s. Yeah, well, there, there were videos. Before, before the sure. internet. Yeah, Biff's Bumps and Brawlers and that sort of stuff in the AFL. Oh, uh, uh, footies, footies, madman, and things like that. Yeah. Um. But then I, I love the just the casual. I got it. Let's <laughs> drive in the car. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this has happened before. Bart is then uh, he's a terrible quarterback. The team gets absolutely belted. They literally chase him to the opposition's end zone. He just runs backwards. He's just not a good quarterback at all. They lose by fourteen, uh, fifty-nine points. So oh, I was correct. Good lord. So I just googled worst sports injuries and. Oh, you should have done that. Whew. Describe one picture. Well, there's what looks like a soccer player holding his hand up and his ring finger has been taken off at the second knuckle. Taken off? Yeah. I can see a nub of bone. Oh, Jesus. That's enough. No more. <laughs> I don't even want to know how that happened. Um, Who was it? Holy crap. I'm trying to find... I can't find any more information and I'm too scared to watch the video. Uh, yeah. listeners, <laughs> I'm too scared. Listeners with a strong disposition, do yourself a favor and Google Nathan Brown leg break if you ever want to just oh. not feel like eating for a while. Oh, that's yeah, that's not good. Not good no, at all. One of the is, worst. It, what about... Oh, is, is, is that worse than the basketballer though? Uh, which basketballer? The dude... Is it the Celtics? The start of last season? Oh, like Paul George? His leg. Pardon? Was it Paul George or was it... The one who's like ankles completely snapped. Hmm. And, pe- and uh, play- players were oh. crying. Okay, so I just watched a pretty rough one. <laughs> that was, <laughs> was Paul George breaking his leg for Team USA. Oh. For wrestling fans, Google Sid Vicious leg break. He jumps off the turnbuckle to do a double axe handle and lands awkwardly and just snaps his leg. Anyway, that's all the stuff that Lisa was reading about and enjoying. Yes, um, yeah. We get to the next game and Flanders straight away. Good luck, Homer. No hard feelings. Like he's just being nice again, as Flanders do. Yeah. But again, Homer, not so easy to keep your mouth shut now, is it? Like he's just, he can't let go of the fact that these guys, that in his mind, they have a rivalry. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. He's, he's trying to keep that rival, rivalry going, but it's just not there. And even, yeah. I think it's, is it season 10 when they go to Las Vegas? Like by that point, uh, they're sort of exactly. they're, the the rivalry. You watch new episodes now, and the rivalry is not really there anymore. Fl- Flanders, to me, is a character that they could have killed off, mm. or they could have like had him move away. And I don't think it really matters anymore. He's really a nothing character. Yeah, he was he was there for that good back and forth with the rivalry, but now that the rivalry is not there, it just serves no purpose just as a character. Purpose. Yeah, yeah. But um, yes, yeah, so they get belted by fifty nine points, and Homer then gives the game ball to Bart. Let's hear it for Bart! Give me a B. I won't give you a B, but I'll tear you a new A. I did really enjoy watching Bart just completely freeze up in the face of a passing rush. Just like not having any idea what to do or where to go. That 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 is me if I was playing American football. Yeah, I think that would largely be me as well. Like yeah. it's... You know, it's pretty intense, and they come at you quickly. I love it when um when Sherry or Terry is yelling at him, then ends it with "My sister likes you" and runs yeah. off. <laughs> Such a kid. Nelson threatens him. Ralph with it. "You're going to heaven." I think a lot of Ralph's most 
notable lines come from later seasons. I mean, mm. we've got, I, you got, you know, I bet my Wookiee and things like that from about season six, but, you know, Super Nintendo Charmers, Go Banana, things like that, they're all season nine. Yeah, well, that's probably because it took a few years for him to be Some reduced to this. Like, all Ralph is yeah. now is a one-liner machine. We come back and Bart is practicing in the backyard, not very well. He just cannot, just cannot seem to work out how to throw a football through a tire. And then he asks for a miracle and Joe Namath arrives. Well, and even the music, the way the music plays, you think it's going to be a miracle. Normally, most shows, he would give him the advice, he would take the advice and he'd somehow yeah. manage to win the game. It, this is fantastic. It's so good. Like, my car broke down. There's only one thing you need to know to be a great quarterback. Joe, honey, I fixed it. It was just vapor lock. Oops. Hey, look, I got a one. <laughs> like, I got a run. It's amazing. And, and the fact that, remember what I told you? And as a viewer, you're just like, oh, yeah, what? wait. You didn't tell him anything. <laughs> the thing is, he just, he says it so sincerely. He plays that whole thing so sincerely. It's fantastic. Yeah. He says it so well that you think, oh, wait, he must have told him something. Because <laughs> even Joe Namath believes that he told him something. Remember what I told you. Okay, Bart, concentrate. Remember what I told you. Just one thing. My car broke down. I'm Joe Namath. My car broke down. It was just vapor lock. Vapor lock. Vapor lock. Vapor lock. I'm dead. He then goes to Lisa for some advice. How do you feel about lying? Good. <laughs> so we cut to the game. And it's what I said, where it just cuts, it starts off with, oh, you're so cut. Just, Homer's yeah. just mumbling it under his breath. I, I've actually read a couple of reviews where uh, people were saying that they feel like the you've been cut gag outstays its um, welcome by the end. Oh, I, I think disagree. it's still fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, th- I, I, I chuckled every time. I thought it was good. Same. Even, even the end over the credits. Yeah, that was really good. I felt like Dan was just freewheeling over the yep. credits. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was like, Namath, you can stay. Because <laughs> it was just like, yeah, you're an actual footballer. It was uh, like, Bart, the, Bart it was like the end. Sorry. Yeah. It was like the end of a Whose Line Is It Anyway episode where they have to like read the credits in the style of something. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, so Bart's rocked up and he's covered in bandages on crutches and says he's been hit by cars and he can't play. The kids are celebrating in the background. This is a great bait and switch. Oh, boy. Well, I'll just have to go to my backup plan. Nelson, how's your arm feeling? Great! Good. Take this note over to the referee. We forfeit? 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 Come on! Come on, guys. We can't play without Bart. He's the heart of this team. No, I'm not. I suck. It's true. He does. Yeah, he does. Don't listen to them, son. I have total faith in you. And this is the last straw for Bart, isn't it? Bart says, you know what? Hmm. If if this is not going to get it through your thick head, then I'm just going to quit. You can't quit. You cut. You too, Millhouse. <laughs> Poor Millhouse. <laughs> well, Millhouse doesn't mind though. No, no, no. But if you, if you're cutting people at this point in the season, how many players you got left? Wouldn't you have cut? Yeah, like they must have had <laughs> a roster of about eighty kids originally. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so they're at dinner. Well, I'm assuming it's dinner because when he calls a power plant, Mr. Burns is still sitting in his office. So whatever it is, um, nobody's talking. And Marge trying to start a conversation we've never had a tick burrow so deep. It's like, that's <laughs> disgusting, Marge. <laughs> Bart asks to leave. Oh, so you're quitting dinner as well. Homer points um, out to Marge. Oh, actually, what he does is he points out every time Marge has quit a job. The thing is, she has though. She actually does quit everything she starts. Yeah. 
and he left a few out, like you know, working at the power plant. Power plant. Yep. Yeah. Any others? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there were. <laughs> I'm sure there were others. But Be- you know, being I've an artist, that's them. one. Was that ever a job? Oh, I suppose it was close enough to a job. Could have been if she wanted it to be. Yeah. Hover then calls Mister Burns and does the "I quit." The only thing here is it's kind of awkward that Burns was on screen for like that five seconds where Marge is like, "Homer, Mister Burns can't see you" because they didn't. It's like they didn't really know what to have Burns do. He's just sitting yeah, there looking. True. He's just sitting there looking awkward. He's not really mm. doing anything because normally, if that was a real conversation, Mister Burns would re- respond straight away. But because they had to wait for Marge to have the line. Mr. Burns is just sitting there. It's just, yeah. it, it, it looked awkward. But the joke itself is funny. Nelson yeah. is then the quarterback once again. And to me, this reminded me of like Gary Ablett at the Suns, where he just has to do everything. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, I'll uh, do it. There were some good years to watch football. Poor Ablett. <laughs> oh, not poor Ablett. He's getting paid good money. Not enough though. You know, Nelson's tired himself out. He's got to quit smoking. Then this is where we get the King of the Hill cameo. It was good that they at least got Mike Judge to do it as well. Yeah, that's true. We drove 2,000 miles for this. Nelson's dad then takes him to Hooters. Oh, I don't want to bother mum at work. And Homer here, this is where Homer's starting to realise, oh, I wish Bart was around. Maybe I shouldn't have been so hard on him. But the thing is, he wasn't even hard on him. He was just, I should have maybe listened to him, I guess you could say. He pours the, we'll say, we'll go Gatorade all over himself. At the Quickie Mart, Bart is playing catfight. Now, I know in America the word slut, not, a, not so much of a big deal. But in Australia, I remember when I heard that and I was like, whoa, when I was a kid. Yeah, I was shocked. Like, I I really feel like that is one of the worst things that you can say. And I was very surprised that that was, um, that that was there. Like, I don't think to it's me, so bad in America, though. Yeah, maybe not. Um, but to me, that is actually more offensive than the C word. Okay. Like, I feel like that is really cutting into someone's personality and, and just like it's a, it's such a harsh sounding word as well. Um, yeah, it is. Although so now, is bomb. <laughs> now that you think about it, there is a restaurant called the Egg Slut or is it at the very, if the, est- no, maybe the sandwich is called Egg Slut, but I know that that like uh, might be Hawaii somewhere in the States um, that, that yeah, like if you can put that into a business title, it's clearly not as big a deal. I agree and I don't. Like I think for, for me, the C-bomb will always be worse. I think maybe that's just because of the way I've been raised. I'm not too sure. But I do understand what you're trying to say in that if you called a girl a slut, it's very, very demeaning. Where yeah. the C-bomb is sort of just like a harsher way of saying, you dickhead. You know what yeah, I mean? and I feel like it gets used in a lot more of a ver- varied context as well. Yeah. That it, you know, you people will say it to their friends, they'll say it to their enemies, they say it in a lot of different ways, whereas slut only ever means slut. You know, in England, wanker is the bad word. Don't say wanker. Yeah, I, I think yeah. you brought that up several yeah. when, times on this podcast. When, yeah, when you go there, don't say wanker. <laughs> okay. just, I can't believe we're going to both be in England, but we're going to miss each other by like three days. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, frankly, maybe it's for the best, because if I'd gone all the way to England and then I found out that you'd followed me, <laughs> I'd be like, come on, man, like, take the hint. <laughs> <laughs> I just flew 15 hours to get away. Imagine doing a live podcast in London, though. Ah, uh, ye, ye old London town. It would be fun, but not to be on this trip. Got any of that beer that has candy floating in it? You know, Skittlebrow? Such a product does not exist, sir. I think you must have dreamed it. Oh, well, then just give me a six-pack and a couple of bags of Skittles. Now, I've this gets brought up a lot. I could have... N- I had no recollection of this at all. 
for some reason. This is just one of those jokes that was just lost on me. People keep saying, oh, you're going to have, like, guys, wait, you're going to have Skittlebrow at your trivia night. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? But apparently this is, yeah. a, big, is a big gag. I just, just didn't remember it. I did like that he's, when he realized that he'd made it up, that he was like, okay, well then can I, like, I'll just ask for a six pack and some Skittles. He's like, well, I'm going to have to engineer the shit out of this. It's kind of like when you go to Coal Rock and you pay five times what you should for ice cream and a chocolate mash store, when you can just go to the supermarket, buy a $5 fucking two liter tub of ice cream and a chocolate bar and make the same shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Homer promises he'll never encourage Bart again. It is a very nice moment here where Bart forgives him without actually having to say the word, I forgive you. Mm. Then uh, I thought Uda took my place. <laughs> Consider him cut. <laughs> it's it's never not funny. No, like he says it in such a sweet way there. Like it's, you know, the most positive thing. At the championship game and the scores are tied 20-20, Grandpa still not supportive of Homer at all. You know, you'd think, you'd think so, wouldn't you? But no, falls asleep. He's not proud of Homer. Homer is then working out a play. Now, what's this board game called? Again, the Vibrating Footballers? Oh, I've got no idea. Sorry. But I'm going to Google it because our American listeners will be like, how do you not know that? It's like an American version of Test Match. Yeah. Just Googling it. It is called NFC Championship Vibrating Football Game. Okay. You two vote, vibrate over there. Nelson, you spin around for a while. <laughs> what is... Oh, it's from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey when they're playing against death. I'm pretty sure they play it in that because his player, death's player just keeps spinning around in circles. Ah, that's where I remember right. it from. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. So then the police arrive to arrest Nelson. Another great bait and switch. Bart takes a fall for the team here, doesn't he? Yeah, like it is a really cool kind of moment of triumph where he does... I mean, he does the only thing that he knows that he can do for the team. Except you have to switch your brain off because you're like, okay, so all of a sudden Wiggum doesn't know who Bart Simpson is? <laughs> Wiggum's completely forgotten who Bart Simpson is and apparently never knows, never knew who Nelson Muntz was. That's where a lot of the negativity comes from the reviews that I read about this, saying that they, the, the pacing of the episode they thought wasn't very good because Bart quitting, them arguing, then getting back together and then winning the championship all happens in the third act. And then they sort of felt like they had to rush the ending as a result. Like the like the, the, the ending feels a bit half ass because they had to just, they wrote themselves into a hole. Like, okay, well, where do we go from here? Okay, yeah. we'll just have Bart pretend to be Nelson. But it's like, yeah, but the police know them both. All right, whatever. Yeah. Look, I, if you don't think about it too hard, it's a good, it's, it serves a purpose. Exactly. It's funny yeah. and that's all that matters. Yeah. It, it, it's getting to that point now where we're going to have to tr- stop caring so much about the little things and just enjoy it for what it is. <laughs> Um, but maybe we should start watching these episodes as if someone who's watching a Simpsons episode for the first time and doesn't know the backstory. So just say, for I, example, my mum was watching this. She would go, okay, well, it's, it, it's funny and it makes sense because why she, she wouldn't know that Chief Wiggum knows who Bart is. Or hmm. is that the wrong way to go about it? Um, I think you can, you can have a foot in either camp. Yeah. So you can pick and well, choose... Anyway. When you want to go with it and when you want to be a bit nitpicky. I, again, I just think that each episode can have its own internal logic without ruining what's come before it. Like, if it's things like plot and knowledge, it's fine. If it's characterization that changes, then I have more of a hard time with it. I don't care about what's canon, but like, if Lisa suddenly started being a bitch, and you're like, but she's not a bitch and she's never been a bitch. Or if, you know, like, if there was an episode where Bart just became racist, you'd be like, well, what the hell? Like, he's that's never been a characteristic of who he is. When that sort of stuff changes, 
if if someone says, you know, if in one episode Bart says the first time I ever played tennis I was six years old, and then you're like, but in another episode he said that he played tennis when he was nine. What's the what's the deal? Then suddenly you become that married at first sight woman that has a just is having a crack at a husband for lying about the last time he went surfing. You're like, there are things to get. There are things that I find you can worry about and things that you should just let slide. We need to uh, we need to just assess the situation here. So you watch Married at First Sight. Ash watches it, and uh, I have uh, done uh, uh, everything uh, uh, possible. Uh, 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 uh. Be honest. There is no shame here. How many episodes no, to... have you sat down and watched because Ash was watching it? Not one. I have done my best to actually wear noise cancelling headphones whenever Married at First Sight is on. <laughs> But every now and then a podcast or whatever I'm listening to ends and I overhear a sentence or two. It's um, it's honestly a show that I've never, ever watched. Yeah. Let me tell you that my backyard has never looked as green because for the first couple of weeks, whenever it was on, I just sat out the back with the hose <laughs> and just sprayed grass for an hour. <laughs> Watching the grass grow was much more enjoyable. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Springfield wins the championship. The kids all carry Homer. Well, they try to carry him. He's too heavy. Um, Bart then says, oh, okay, please. Chief, what's the uh, what's the charge? You know, what is it? Just petty petty Smoking. vandalism or something like that? Yeah. Yep. No, you're going away for a long time. Months you, know you, uh, months, you know what you did. Burglary and arson. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> and then Joe Namath brings it home. <laughs> Poor Bart. You know, we had a lot of fun tonight. But there's nothing funny about vapor lock. It's the third most common cause of car stallings. So please, take care of your car and get it checked. I'm Joe Namath. Good night. I've just realized the two football episodes, this one and the Any Given Sunday. Is it Sunday? Is that what they call it? Any Given Sunday? Uh, the, one where the one we already reviewed, the Super Bowl one. Any Given Sunday is the name of the actual uh, movie. Is that Movie, the, yeah. Simpsons uh, uh, Super Bowl episode... Sunday Cruddy Sunday. Sunday Cruddy, sorry. Yep. It ends with the football commentators speaking to the audience. Ah, they're you're both, right. They're both in the same way. What we've learned. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess in a way, it's a lean into sports broadcasting that they would do a wrap up at the end of a game. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess. Yep. But uh, then we, you know, get Homer talking over the credits and Dan is definitely improvising here. Really, really good stuff. Overall, Bart Star. Was looking forward to it. Didn't disappoint. A couple of eye-rolling moments, but I really, really enjoyed it. There was gags here that I actually heard for the first time because whether it just went straight over my head as a kid or just wasn't paying attention, I'm not too sure. It's, it's something for all people of all ages. It's a really, a really good episode. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I like it. It was one that I had remembered pretty fondly. Like So far, I think as I said, I might have said in the last episode, but a lot of the episodes so far from season nine have been ones where I'm like, oh yeah, that's not too bad. Like I've, I am at about that seven to eight out of ten for the most part in this season. They're um, they're, they're still really solidly entertaining, and this fits that fits that mold. I'd certainly recommend someone watch it if they hadn't seen it for a long time, or if they had never seen it. I would say give it a watch. What did we learn, Palmer? What did you learn from the episode, Mitch? Uh, I learned that. Yeah, smoking can have a drastic impact on your lung capacity, but not prevent you from doing some of the most amazing athletic things ever. So, hey, puff on. Including dancing. Uh, particularly dancing. I learned that there's nothing funny about vapor lock. Do you have any idea what vapor lock is? You worked in a factory. Uh, why would you just assume I know what vapor lock is? I know nothing about cars. You built them. 
I didn't build cars. I, I stacked the car parts. <laughs> you made them from the ground up. <laughs> With a hammer and nail. I. It's funny. I would like... This is the thing. is When I was working at Forks, I still know nothing about cars, but I'd be stacking car parts. And then when I'd drive down the road, I would sort of look at a car and it'd, be, it'd sort of all fall apart in my mind like a jigsaw puzzle. And I'd be like, oh, so that's that's the quarter panel and that's that and that's that. And ah, oh. so that's what that part is. Like, I can sort of see where it's going onto the car. Like, but besides that, though, I know nothing about cars. <laughs> Even a flat tire. I, I can change one, but it's an ordeal. Really? I think I told you that uh, one of the guys that I work with had to get the RACV to come in and change tire for him. I know. I can do it. But I remember once I... This is going back when I was a teenager, but I tried to lift the car up but at the wrong part of the car, like underneath. Not really. Like, broke the um, like the plastic that was underneath. Yeah. I was like lifting it and it just went... <laughs> and, like snapped... Like on the the, the this bit of the car underneath the door there, <laughs> so I was like, "Dad, I need help." <laughs> That's pretty great. Um, but yeah, so I know nothing about cars. Do you want to Google what vapor lock is, or do you want to leave it as a mystery? I think it's funny. Nah, no, leave know it what as it a is. mystery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jamail, Jamail is here. Ooh. Trivia time. What do we got? Nah, uh, you mean mailbag? Mailbag time. What do we got? <laughs> Uh, what do we got? Okay, so Pete Anderson writes in with uh, just a little. Did you realize in the one of the most recent um, mm. uh, what's the word? One of the most recent episodes, there was a chalkboard gag that had some sort of bracket resulting in Krusty as the victor, uh, which immediately made him think of our bachelor bracket and was wondering whether or not there'd been some sort of uh, maybe shenanigans where we've. Like the idea might have been stolen from our episode. So what was the, what was the chalkboard gag then? So what did it say? It was just some sort of bracket, and it, it came out with Krusty as the winner. Huh. I'm not too sure. I highly doubt it, but <laughs> I'm going to claim it. <laughs> I doubt it, but it does make like a chalkboard gag is the sort of thing that they could turn around quickly. So you never know. You do never know. I like to not know and just assume that they stole our idea. Uh, let's go to Alison Morgan, who writes in with a story and a question. Firstly, Alison is writing to us from about nine months in the past in terms of listening. So, uh, she's not even sure if we're doing the mailbag anymore. This will be a nice surprise. She has, firstly, a My Two Cents story about her mother-in-law. Uh, her mother-in-law apparently likes to say that she's, quote, frugal, but she's just cheap. Uh, when her husband still lived at home, he requested zoodles as part of the groceries. Now, zoodles, for people that are from Australia or anywhere other than the UK, is basically just cheap noodles in a pasta sauce. It costs 99 cents a can, and for college students, it's a staple meal. So, it's kind of like... Um, like spaghetti. Migoreng or something like that. Yeah, tin oh. spaghetti, something along those lines. But Migoreng's dried so you, you, do you mean this is like wet in a sauce this is wet from the okay. sound of it it comes yep. out in a sauce yeah but migoreng in terms of like cheap noodle meal yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um his mum however decided that 99 cents a can was too expensive and got the store brand in said because it was 10 cents cheaper Ooh. oh well <laughs> saving 10 cents my, my husband wasn't going to complain until he opened the can what spilled out was a bunch of cheap noodles, water, and chunks of tomatoes that have been ma- must have been made from the scraps of the good tomatoes used in pasta sauce. <laughs> I have mm. never seen a grown man yell about cheaper than cheap zoodles to his mother. And yet, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> I opened up a tin of, um, you know, the chunky soup that you get, right? 
I eat that yeah. straight out of a tin, cold, right? Don't need to warm it up, right? Cold? Yeah, what are man. You f- fucking Rorschach? <laughs> I think I've actually mentioned this on the podcast before, and I think that's the exact response you gave me. But <laughs> it's, it's, that's because when we used to go camping, if um if I couldn't get a fire going, we just eat it straight out of the tin. I was just used to eating it straight out of the tin. Um, yeah, but when you used to go camping, you probably also occasionally had to take a dump in the bush, but you don't take that attitude home with you. <laughs> it tastes For me, it tastes better cold. I don't know why. I just prefer it cold. Um, but I opened that one last week. So I bought some tin. I was on special for $2 a tin. So I was like, all right, cheap lunch for, for work this week. Opened up a tin and there was no meat in it or vegetables. It was just sauce. It was just like oh. liquid. That's a mistake. You should have, if you sent that back, you probably would have got like a, an entire box worth of free shit from Heinz. Well, I took a. I, I think it's Campbell's actually, not Heinz. But yeah, no. so I, I I took a photo of it. But would they ever believe me? Couldn't they just say, "Oh no, no, you just drained it and then put it back"? No, in? For the the PR on it, they'll believe you. Okay, straight up. I remember my. I still, um, I still got the photo. My dad once got like two boxes worth of free shit from uh, who owns Twisties Smiths. Yeah. Whichever company yes. it is. Yeah. Um, because we opened up, uh, I had a packet of twisties and it had like some, maybe a paperclip or something like that. There was some sort of metal bit in there and called up a number on the back. Not even really to complain. It was more just to say, hey, this happened. And in case it's like a batch that's been contaminated. And yeah, we got boxes and boxes of free stuff. And he made that point He's like, to the guys. Like, I could be making this up. But the guy's like, yeah, no, it's fine. Just take these. Be happy. I remember once getting free shit from Cadbury because we uh, we got caramel koala, but it was solid chocolate like a photo. There was no caramel in it. Oh. And they gave it, they gave us a box of free um, <laughs> yarny, a box of free photos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, that was my freebie. That's pretty great. That there would have been somebody there who, like to them, that was their revenge. Yeah. <laughs> so. You don't like Freddos, eh? <laughs> I got all the Freddos in the world. Um, uh, what's the question? Alison's question. Uh, uh, how do you guys feel that you have grown since the show started? Personally, professionally, however you would like to spin it. But how do you feel like you have grown as a person in the past few years? That is a simple answer for me. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I have learnt... I've, I've, I've had a kid in that time, so I've, I've learnt to be a dad. I've learnt oh. to just stop being so selfish. Yeah, I think. massive changes for you. Yeah, um, but that's nothing to do with the podcast. That's just we decide to have a kid. <laughs> Podcast-wise, do you think the podcast has changed you in any way? No, I think I um, it's <laughs> it's given, it's given me an it's, outlet. It's, it's, well, it's, it's that's what I say. It's given me a purpose. Like it's given me something. Yeah, like I feel like. I feel like I've achieved something, you know? I mean, we've got a fucking book out in the bookshelves, man, you know? We've, we've achieved something. Hang on. I've had a kid, but the podcast has given me a purpose. If I'm look- yeah, but if I'm looking for something that the podcast uh, has done as well... Get your pre- Father of the Year nominations in, people. Pre-kid. Pre-kid. I'm talking pre-kid. I remember when the book came out, I was like, okay, well, the podcast wasn't for nothing. Look, we've told the story. It's going back a while, but... you. You've told the story about how you bumped into someone that used to date my mum and knew me when I was a kid and described me as a kid and he could have been describing me as a 22-year-old. Like, yeah, I just, I, he, he was my I, boss at work. <laughs> yeah. I think by virtue of the fact that I matured at a young age means that I just don't change much these days. Like, I wouldn't say you matured. Yeah. He just said that you used to... You, you, wouldn't go, you wouldn't go fishing and all you want to do is sit at home and play with your, with your Donatello toy. <laughs> and watch TV, yeah. yeah. But... Um, 
but I, I still, I was pretty mature at a young age. So, I, you know, obviously my worldview has changed slightly as I grow. But that's about it. Uh, Madeline Corzine. Corzine. This is where the mailbag gets heavy, Dando. Corzine. Okay. Hi, Mitch and Dando. I just saw the news about The Simpsons taking the Michael Jackson episode out of syndication and off streaming in the wake of the documentary Leaving Neverland. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. Now... Hot button topic and has been discussed in all forms of media over the last week or two. Um, but I, feel I feel like, like I need to watch the documentary first. Well, there's that. So I feel like I, we can't really avoid the fact that this question is going to come up a lot. And it's probably even more so than the tr- the problem with the poo. Like it's, I think this is going to be it's much for the yeah. next couple months. We're going to get asked many, many, many times. Should we? Should um, we? Do like a little mini episode just about this. I'd have to... Well, I guess I have to watch the doco. Yeah, watch the doco. Then we'll just release a little mini episode. Not just for patrons, just for everybody. Whack it up on the feed of just this. So people can not stop writing in about it, but just know they they know it's there to listen to if they want to hear about this topic. Maybe, maybe not. I don't necessarily want to promise it in case we watch it and then decide that there's not an episode in it, which could just It doesn't doesn't even have to be long. It's just something that, you know, people who want to know about it, they might not listen to this episode all the way through and get to this point and realise that we're going to answer it. Mm, you know true. I mean? But people listen to every second of our show, don't they? Um, apparently, by the statistics, they tune out after the first intro. They hear, I'm Dando, I'm Mitch, and then they're out. Yeah, right. Maybe I should yeah. stop speaking at the beginning. Yeah. Wait till, yeah. like, say, second third of the episode. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, wait. That's that Mitch guy I've been listening to and laughing at? Ah, oh, man. I've been had. <laughs> I... My, um... My... There are a couple things about it that before... So, like, my initial thoughts before having watched. If the story is true, then I can completely understand that for those two, if they are indeed victims and for any other victims out there, then seeing his art and his his music, whatever it might be, would be a really tough thing to have to, like... Imagine you'd been the victim of a sexual assault and the guy that had done it was larger than life and everywhere like you couldn't go a day without being reminded of it like that would be very very difficult so i can understand that of respect to that the one thing that i do wonder though is how much due process is there in a documentary and a documentary that from what i understand only gets one point of view across and remembering that this is a case that has been tried in court and not proven so I find it a little bit odd. Again, this is without having seen it, but I do find it odd that all of society is now deciding to go with a documentary over legal fact as their moral compass. That and the fact that if this was going on, then surely people would have known. And like, it's a little, it doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't, do this now if it's true but like there's there's a an hypocrisy in there of going well we were more than happy to look the other way when it was making us a shitload of money but now that he's gone and and the you know we're not making that much money off syndication of an episode from season three anymore then that's fine now we'll do the right thing there's 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 a few there's a few elements about it that are icky i don't quite understand how they can how they can do this, get rid of the Michael Jackson episode. Yet, where was the issue when 
I know Bill Cosby wasn't actually voicing the character, but where was the issue when Bill Cosby was actually convicted of the crimes that he did? And then all of a sudden, no one was saying, get rid of the episodes that have Bill Cosby references in them. I think there is a difference between a reference to something and something that was actually created by the person. Like, I, I do see a line there, but, like, yeah, I don't know. The whole thing's really murky. Like, it. He's not playing Michael Jackson. It's just voiced by Michael Jackson, right? Mm. The thing is, that when it's a reference to Bill Cosby, it's drawn as Bill Cosby. Now, the people who were sexually assaulted by Bill Cosby, do you think they want to see him on the screen? Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, I, and I, I completely get it from that perspective. It, the other thing that I was going to say, is, and where it, where it begins to get hypocritical again, is we were talking about Bohemian Rhapsody before. Now, Brian Singer directed like three quarters, if not more, of that movie before being fired because of the really large number of... And this is a like something that's been floating around for years of um, same thing, like sexual assault of underage men or boys. And that still gets nominated for an Academy Award and celebrated. And they just have kind of tried to scrub his name from it, but it's still very much a work of his. And no one really seems to be acknowledging that because it's doing super well. Uh, yeah. that That's a thing that, I've got a real hard time with in Hollywood at the moment. Like Netflix did it with House of Cards, axed Kevin Spacey, and it was one of their their linchpin shows and good on them for doing that. But how many people have got the stones to actually do the right thing when it's going to cost them money? And I doubt House of Cards would have ended if the Kevin Spacey drama didn't happen. No, no, they would have found a way to keep milking that for a few years. Yeah. But anyway, so that that um, like I said, that's a completely that's pre-watching it opinion. Yeah, like it's that's not me trying to have a educated stance on they did or they didn't. That was more just like a an overall chat in in the whole context of things that I do have. Of I mean, this goes without saying. I've got utmost sympathy and empathy towards anyone that um, that has been a victim, but. I'm cautious of jumping in with a strong opinion before I've actually seen it. And frankly, what I'm really, really concerned about, and I don't think I'm going to be able to have an opinion even after having watched the documentary because I I wasn't there and I don't know. And here's the question. Here's the question. At the end of the day, does it really matter? People are like in an uproar over it. When's the last time you saw the episode on television? Does it really oh, matter? Does it matter that it gets pulled? Yeah, no. no. No, in the scheme of things, no. It's one episode out of 600 plus. Like, it's like when, they, when they're taking the poo off the show, if that's actually even happening. Does it really matter in season 30? You've got not 30 to, not years to me, of no. a poo to enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. In, in the scheme of things, it's people that are just trying to... The people that it matters to are the ones that see it as a symbolic loss rather than people that are actually caring about that episode. In particular, but yeah. Anyway, so that is that's an early thought. Um, with again, without having said anything, and with passing absolutely no judgment on the documentary itself. Let's get a light-hearted question to end the, the end the show with. I liked that we were going out on something interesting. Okay, no, that's that's fair. Okay, is that what you want to go out with? Uh, want to go out with a very serious topic? Guion Samson. Uh, hi, just want to say I'm a new listener and I love your podcast. I almost agree with Dando that 22 Short Films is the best episode, but mine is probably a bit later than that. I think you would both enjoy a trilogy of error. Such <laughs> so a brilliantly I've... made episode and the jokes are brilliant. Well, Guion, uh, 
you say that you can't wait for the review. Might I suggest just for one month chucking a few bucks our way on Patreon and you will be able to listen to our review of that, which we recorded last month? Yeah, that was last month. That was courtesy of Jordan, I believe. Was it Jordan? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Jordan, Jordan for, um, for Shelley. For Shelley, for sh- yeah. Yes, for Shelley, yeah. So that's going to be available for free once we get to that season. But if you want to hear it now, it's just two bucks. If you want to, yeah. If, if you really can't wait, put, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Otherwise... Just wait, and, and I and I completely there. agree. It's I think I stay in the um in the review that it's in my top ten episodes. I yeah. really really enjoyed that episode. It was a good one. Um, one more quick one for the mailbag because I meant to read it last week and then I'm out of here because I have chicken in the oven. Uh, this is from Alex. Hey guys, love the show. Listen to your review of Principal the Pauper and have to disagree with some of the points that you made, specifically some of the points that I made. Of course, the episode can be enjoyed simply as a 20-minute piece of entertainment, but The Simpsons is or was a show that is much more than that. You wouldn't be doing a podcast about the show if it was just weekly slices of entertainment. Good point. Now, personally, yes, I would. It's it's the culmination of all of those weekly slices of entertainment. But in any case, I do take your point. You also say that the revelation of the fake Skinner doesn't mess with the continuity too much. Uh, now... Alex agrees that people are far too concerned about what is canon in cartoons these days. He would, however, say that the episode interferes with one of his favourite sequences in the history of the show. That's when Bart is chasing... Sorry, when Bart is being chased by Skinner in The Boy Who Knew Too Much, that Seymour genuinely thinks he's gone to find Bart by going to the Natural History Museum. He loved the idea that a young Skinner would be trying to stick it to the system by getting some alternative education, which he feels is undermined by the idea that Skinner truly was a rebel in his youth. Now, I can't disagree with that, if that's the point of view. That is, um, that's a completely valid one. You, I, it might be a stretch, but you could take the view that Skinner has spent so long in his, or Armand has spent so long in his Seymour Skinner f- mold that he started to just believe in the best sort of versions of innocence in children. Like he's brainwashed even himself into believing that that's what the truth is. Um, well, I think that's what the point of view we had was that he's lived this life yeah. for so long that it's become the truth. Yeah, exactly. Like you believe a lie, you so you tell a lie so long that you end up believing the lie. Yeah, that is the way that I would still view everything through that prism. Um, but I do also take the point, and like I, I guess that that is that's probably one of the best ways I've actually seen the argument against principle and the pauper articulated. So well done to you, Alex. Uh, and also congratulations on your newborn daughter who was a couple months old and asleep of him, asleep on top of him when he typed out that email. Oh, congratulations. The I'm, best is yet to come. I presume that Alex was laying down and not standing up at the time. Otherwise, it would have been a hell of a balancing act. I'll tell you who is standing up is Elliot now. Man, you can't leave anything on the couch anymore. It's a funny story to end the show. So Nicola the other morning um, made some toast, chucked it on the couch. Uh, went to put, pour the tea, cup of tea, um, from the kettle. Here's Elliot sort of grunting. Usually it means he's, you know, doing a crap, whatever. <laughs> she looks over. Elliot has climbed onto the couch, grabbed her toast, gone back onto the floor, and was eating her piece of toast. <laughs> Thieving child. I really must go because Ash has yes. just sent me a message saying, I'm afraid of what your chicken is going to taste like now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next week we're going to be reviewing the two misses in the house of Pima Petalons. I'm assuming that's an episode you can't remember too much about. This is the one where Marge pretends to be his wife so he can avoid his fake marriage to Mandula, correct? Or that is pre- cor- pre-arranged marriage. That is correct. So, thank you for listening to our review of Bart Star. 
Mitch, any final words for the listeners? Dando, your cut. Shh.